0: Welcome to the audio edition of the Richland Chronicle for December the 10th, 2019. Your readers today are Victor Carter and I'm Alison Doherty. And Victor's going to kick us off today. What have you got for us? Uh,
1: thank you, Alison. On the f- second page of the newspaper here, we have a story by Adrian Aguilar, editor-in-chief, and it's titled, Fall Tuition Increase May Hinder Students. Tuition at all of the Dallas Community College District, the DCCCD campuses, is going up. An increase of $20 per semester hour will take effect beginning in the fall of 2020. The increase is intended to cover student expenses for supplies and textbooks, which will be digitized. There's a problem, though. The $20 per semester hour increase for a full class load may be the equivalent of a paycheck for some students. Dr. Joe May, DCCCD's Chancellor, addressed questions from student journalists at a luncheon on November 25th. That came several days after you spoke to faculty and staff about the One College Transition May said the increase will be a benefit to as many students as possible. D.C. CCD's One College Transition aims to simplify higher education, make it easier to get a degree, and provide students with required resources. It comes, however, with a few bumps in the road. A $20 per hour tuition increase does not sound drastic on the face of it. If a student takes a full schedule, four classes, and therefore at least 12 semester hours, tuition will go up $240. If labs are included, that could add an additional $20 to $80. It's not a bad price unless it's their grocery money. Considering that many students who attend college have siblings, the increase can be a sudden hit to the family income. While many undergraduates work Others take care of children and parents. Tuition is one of the many expenses they have to consider along with rent, food, utilities, and transportation. Students who do not know about the tuition increase may have a rude awakening later in the semester. They might find out they can't pay for all of their classes, whether they pay in installments or in full dropout rates for those facing financial burdens could increase. The additional costs may cause some students to take fewer classes and spread out their schedules just to keep college classes affordable. This could contradict DCCCD's ambition to help students reach the finish line in two years. Student debt may also increase among students who take out loans to pay for the school year. Two semesters of a full-time school schedule will near $500, not to mention interest. Students may decide to work instead of finishing school, reducing the opportunity to improve their economic situation through education. Working to cover the cost of books and supplies for students is virtuous. I agree that our district should find a way to increase students' success While reducing expenses, the tuition increase, however, will directly impact a community that DCCCD seeks to serve through an education system that wants to lift up those in need. By technicality, textbooks and supplies are cheaper, except for the students who have already chosen not to buy them. Food insecurity should not have to be part of the education conversation, but. It is. At Richland, the food pantry offers food staples for students through the Office of Student Life, the OSL. A food truck brings fresh fruits and vegetables to campus twice a month on Tuesdays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. in the East Breezeway, and it's all free. These are positive moves for the district that directly benefit undergraduates who struggle to make ends meet. The hope is that the administration, through people on campus, will alert students to the upcoming tuition increase so they are not surprised. There is time to inform the DCCCD student body as well as newcomers prior to the fall semester, yet that window is quickly closing. If students prepare by saving money for school, They will face less pressure when the fall semester arrives. Advance warning is key. The dilemma, however, is that students' physical ability to save is not guaranteed. There are, however, some solutions that can help. The Financial Aid Office and Honors Lounge, located in El Paso Hall and Crockett Hall, respectively, Can assist with grants and scholarships to pay for tuition. Students can schedule an appointment or walk-in. High school students can apply for the Dallas County Promise and the Rising Star Program. Other options are available on the Richland College website at www.richlandcollege.edu. The Career Center can help students find jobs and Veteran's Affairs can assist veterans on campus. While these options may help, not everyone is eligible for scholarships and grants are only awarded to a few. There will be more questions about the One College Transition and how it will affect students who may be left behind due to the tuition increase. Although May has done a good job reaching out to the D.C. C.C.D. community, more input, especially from students, should be taken into account. In this article, Fall Tuition Increase May Hinder Students, was written by Adrienne Aguilar, Editor-in-Chief.
0: Well, thank you. And now on page 3, Campus News. Game of Loans Explores Student de- Credit and Debt, and this is by Jack Ramirez Bernal, Managing Editor. A role-playing game dealing with finances taught participants the importance of managing debt and credit. Phi Theta Kappa hosted the Game of Loans on December the 4th. Participants were given the opportunity to test their abilities in covering life-changing expenses with a challenging and dialogue-engaging game. This was a brand-new activity that we did, said Isra Kereshi, Chapter President of Alpha Alpha Chi. The topic we chose was regarding financial literacy and debt amongst college students, specifically because we are the most prone to getting into early debt where we cannot get out of it. The activity took inspiration from the Asian American and Native American Pacific Islander serving institutions game, The Island in which students portrayed individuals who were attempting to leave the island to gain a better understanding of the causes of emigration. For Game of Loans, the event organisers presented a scenario that depicted the everyday challenges of financial management for the average college student. We were having fun because some of the scenarios were really funny, said Azra Qureshi, Vice President of Fellowship for the chapter. I feel people did learn. They were trying to make sure they had money for next, the next round. They were aware that they had the recurring payments they had to take care of. The event included a discussion panel that included Kelly Sunstein, Student Government Association advisor, Gabe Randall, Male Achievement Program advisor, and Kevin Wortley, an economics professor. They shared their personal experiences of dealing with credit cards and offered insight as to how banks and credit cards work. Students were able to ask questions and get advice from the speakers. We will buy a surplus because we think, I got a credit card, I can spend 300 more dollars. But we're not learning how it's affecting us, said Sam Matthew, Vice President of Leadership for Phi Theta Kappa. It's mainly giving awareness to the community. uh, What to do, what not to do, or if you have a bad credit, how to tackle it. Phi Theta Kappa is an honor society for college students that offers resources and counsel for scholarship applications, academic development, and success readiness. And again, that was game of loans explores student debt, credit, and student credit and debt by Jack Ramirez Bernal, the managing editor of the paper.
1: Excellent, thank mm-hmm. you, Allison. Mm-hmm. On page four, we have campus news. Professor Seeks Adventure Beyond Richland Campus. This is also reported by Jack Ramirez Bernal, managing editor. Anthropology professor Tim Sullivan will retire from the Dallas County Community College District, the DCCCD, when the fall semester comes to a close. He has been part of the Richland community for eight years. You never know who you're going to touch and who you're going to influence And I guess that's one of the things that, you know, has always been a delight to me, Sullivan said. With retirement on the horizon, Sullivan will soon be able to pursue opportunities that include traveling to archaeological destinations with his wife, pursuing writing projects, delving into the field of sacred ecology, and escaping into the world of literary crime fiction. Although he will no longer be directly involved, Sullivan hopes the anthropology program will continue to grow and attract new students. I would like to see a greater level of awareness about anthropology and what it has to offer, Sullivan said. I think a lot of people are still basically ignorant about it, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. They aren't aware what anthropology really is. Sullivan's involvement with DCCCD began in 1977 when he began teaching at Cedar Valley. He transferred to Richland in 2011. Since then, Sullivan has spearheaded the anthropology program and shared an awareness of related career opportunities with interested students. I think moving to Richland, even, through, even though I love the people and my colleagues at Cedar Valley, I think moving here to Richland has been very exciting, Sullivan said. One of the highlights of Sullivan's career involves the reconstruction of the Little Egypt community in Lake Highlands. He embarked upon the project with history professor Dr. Clive Siegel in 2018. By using the methodologies of anthropology and oral history, the project revealed the history of a community important to the people of Dallas and the region. Little Egypt may go down as Sullivan's magnum opus, but that would not include the creation of the anthropology program at Richland. In addition to teaching classes, Sullivan served as advisor to Richland's anthropology club, which introduced new students to the field of study. He was really helpful teaching me about anthropology because I had no idea what it was beforehand. It was really great. He's super supportive, said Esther Land, president of the Richland Anthropology Club. Before joining, I had a strong fascination with languages. Since joining, I want to pursue that part of anthropology and learn about different languages around the world. Sullivan has earned the respect of both his students and his colleagues. He's a seasoned veteran. The way he interacts with the students and the fact that he's on the verge of retirement, but is still so passionate about his discipline, is admirable. I've said this to him before in person in personal emails. I hope to be the kind of professor you are, said Jeffrey Manzi, philosophy professor at Richland. ESOL Professor Mary Peacock will lead the Anthropology Club moving forward. Listen to the full interview with Sullivan as part of Dara Jones' Richland Treasure Series, a podcast available on KDUX web radio at RichlandStudentMedia.com. In his article, Professor Seek's Adventure Beyond Richland Campus, was written by Managing Editor Jack Ramirez Bernal.
0: Well, thank you very much. And on page five, more campus news. For the love of nature, don't feed the animals. This is by Lloyd Roberts and Angela Lee, staff writers. Richland is rich in wildlife, but it's also teeming with people who may be tempted to feed the ducks, squirrels and turtles on campus. Wildlife experts say that's not a good idea. Human food is not healthy for our wildlife, said Rachel Richter, a biologist for DFW Urban Wildlife. Wild animals are meant to have a diverse diet. The main problem with feeding animals, bread and chips, is that they're typically high in carbohydrates, which can break down the immune systems of wild animals. It can also cause birds and geese to develop debilitating conditions. Everyone wants to interact with ducks, geese, turtles. It's not something you really think about when you're doing it or the repercussions of it. But most important is thinking about the future generations instead of right now, said Jacob Coleman, president of the Student Green Team. Ducks fed human food are in danger of developing angel wings, a condition that can cause irreversible effects, including an inability to fly. Ducks with angel wings suffer irreversible effects, according to Richter. Their feathers are stuck in place. The joint that is attached to the last set of the primary flight feathers is twisted out. This is something that happens to ducks when they don't receive adequate nutrition, he said. Suitable snacks for humans can attract scavengers, such as raccoons and coyotes. This invitation, particularly to coyotes, can put wildlife in danger and lead to a decrease of Richland's native population. Canada geese have been known to attack students on campus during mating season. Aggression could increase if they become dependent on humans for food. Losing the ability to hunt can lead to starvation. More animals, on the other hand, can lead to more waste on paths and around campus, Richter said. Excessive waste will eventually run off into the lake, affecting the aquatic wildlife and creating lake algae. That, in turn, could put the lives of the turtles at risk. The more beneficial ways the Richland community can enjoy the wildlife is to sightsee and take pictures. Students can also help plant native plants to preserve campus' natural green spaces and contribute to citizen science projects by downloading phone apps and learning about local flora and fauna. And some nature apps you can download is iNaturalist, E-Bird, and Trees Count. And this article, For the Love of Nature, Don't Feed the Animals, is by Lloyd Roberts and Angela Lee, staff writers. And I'm going to cut this out and take that back to the house for when I take the kids to feed, feed animals. I had no idea that feeding ducks bread could mm. be life-threatening for them. Yeah. So, anyway, enough of me. What about you? Well,
1: let's switch over to the weather. Everybody's wondering what's going on. I mean, one day it's hot, the next day it's cold. yes. So, let's see what we got here. Extended summer, the winter edition. This is by staff writer Alex Ortuno. December is known for festive celebrations, gift shopping, and wintry weather Many places around the U.S. are already experiencing winter weather, including the East and West Coast and the Rocky Mountain states, which, at press time, were experiencing snowstorms and blizzards. According to the Climate Prediction Center's Winter Outlook for 2019-2020, much of the country may feel something different this winter, a potentially warm and dry winter season. North Central Texas is projected to have warmer than usual temperatures, while other parts of the country will see less than average precipitation. While that may signal a warm winter ahead, Jennifer Dunn, warning coordination meteorologist at the National Weather Service, NWS, in Fort Worth, said that there is no guarantee that will be the case. The outlook is basically how the model is trending in probability sense. So what it means is that there are fairly decent chances of being above normal in temperature. And then there seems to be a tip towards some slightly better chances that we are below normal precipitation. However, it does not necessarily mean that is exactly how we are going to finish out the winter, Dunn said. The Climate Prediction Center is favoring an El Niño Southern Oscillation, a ENSO, with neutral conditions. Yet ENSO neutral winters can still bring weather events, said Dunn. We tend to typically have more freezes than the other two scenarios than El Niño or La Niña years. It does not necessarily mean that there will be winter precipitation with those freezes, but we tend to have more freezes during neutral conditions. Otherwise, precipitation-wise, they usually wind up kind of in the same or in the middle between the two, and the only other statistic that we see a little bit of difference of is in snowfall, Dunn said. The National Weather Service records wintry precipitation as both sleet and snow that averages 1 to 2 inches during in-so neutral winters. Dunn said. Severe weather is always a possibility, she said, even during the winter months. So here in North Texas, we are no strangers to severe weather at any time of the year, so we always have to be prepared. Yes, while the spring season is typically our most significant time for having severe weather, as a couple of years have shown, we can have severe weather as late as late December, and even during the winter months as well, Dunn said. Winter can not only bring cold, but snow. Records dating from 1898 have shown north-central Texas gets snow at least once every winter season. Thus, the winter outlook is not a guaranteed forecast. Harsh winter conditions can happen during the season. Dunn stresses the importance for residents of north-central Texas to prepare a winter weather safety kit. That kit can include things like blankets, gloves, extra socks, hats, an ice scraper, a flashlight and batteries, a multi-tool and road flares. You have to be prepared at all times, so maybe now is a good time to consider what your winter supply kit looks like. In your car and at home, And be prepared for when those first couple of events start happening, she said. And this article, Extended Summer, the Winter Edition, was written by staff writer Alex Ortuno.
0: Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. And now we go to page 10, which is a commentary page. And fame often affords celebrities softer sentences for their crimes. This is by David Acosta, a staff writer. When a crime is committed, any individual who is apprehended and charged will encounter the justice system, no matter the individual's social status. For those who are convicted, however, the punishment phase often becomes drastically different for those with celebrity status, as opposed to those without. Those who achieve celebrity status often become public property of sorts and can't escape the spotlight. Fans and paparazzi follow them, seeking autographs and photographs. In contrast, most ordinary individuals live their lives out of the public eye. Their lives are measured by daily routings instead of headlines and hoopla. I'm sorry, that's deadly routines instead of Uh, headlines and hoopla. Does one's fame and social status play a role in possible punishment for breaking the law? Sadly, I believe it does. The significance of punishment may vary regardless of the crime, circumstances and economic status. Ordinary individuals may face stiffer punishment and harsher jail time, depending on their ability to pay fines and negotiate incarceration in cushy private prisons. Leniency may be especially difficult for repeat offenders to receive. Celebrities go through the processing system like ordinary individuals, but the courts may be willing to consider preferential treatment based on their celebrity status even if they repeat the offence. That, in itself, is significant. Celebrities who have had run-ins with the law include Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, Justin Bieber, Paris Hilton, Nicole Ritchie, Robert Downey Jr., Johnny Depp, Tiger Woods, and Mel Gibson. The justice system reinforces a perception that bizarre behaviour is excusable for celebrities and not to be taken seriously. The recent college bribery scandal involved a scheme in which parents paid administrators to accept false records involving their children's admission into prestigious colleges and universities. Celebrity parents were among those who were implicated. Felicity Huffman, who pleaded guilty to a scheme to boost her daughter's SAT scores, was sentenced to just two weeks in prison. She served her sentence at the Federal Correctional Institute, also known as Club Fed. What about parents who aren't living in the limelight? What about the college administrators who facilitated their crime? Their coverage in the media has been mostly overlooked. Non-celebrities may serve harsher sentences than those with celebrity status. Celebrities, however, may also be tried in the media, which can affect their markability. Bias plays a role in the sentencing phase in spite of their crime. Justice, it seems, is not entirely blind and that was Fame Often Affords Celebrities Softer Sentences for Their Crimes by David Acosta, staff writer. Thank
1: you. And this next article is written by design editor Barbara Gandica Martinez, and it's titled, Brazos Gallery Features Exhibition of Faculty Artworks. Express your creativity however it comes. Express it said Charles Kodui, the Brazos Gallery Coordinator at Richland. The annual faculty show is on exhibit in the Brazos Gallery through the end of the fall semester. The show features artwork by the Richland's full-time and adjunct fine arts faculty. Each piece is labeled with the artist's name and the course they teach. If a student really responds or has a strong feeling towards the artwork, Anyone to study with that professor, they can find them," said Cole Dewey. The exhibition features works made using a variety of techniques, including lithographic prints from David Villegas and ceramic pieces by Linda Gasset. Some of the artwork in the show was created by Cold Dewey, who teaches three D design. His pieces flowed lit Klein and configuration of clarification are inspired by both contemporary and ancient artists. Flodlick Klein, a black dancing figure with spots of color, represents the essence of French artist Yves Klein. He embraced the color blue, said Dewey. He was just doing stuff nobody was doing, and whatever he imagined, he did. And I like the freedom his creativity had. Cole Dewey's other piece, Configuration of Clarification, takes inspiration from how ancient artworks look today. That's why it may kind of look a bit like broken and chipped, like it was buried underground for a long time and dug back up, he said. The art piece is based on the idea that we as people are all under construction, he said. Emily LaCour exhibited artwork made with an oil on canvas. Her artwork focuses on the art of gesture, so there is no facial expressions and no particular person associated to that, but rather is just about action," she said. The faculty art exhibition shows students the art of their professors beyond the classroom. For those who are planning to take a fine arts class, the exhibition is an opportunity to see faculty portfolio pieces prior to signing up for classes. Lacour suggests make stuff and then put it out there and not be shy of doing so. Similarly, Coldewey Dewey said, What I tell students about art is to follow the idea and not the materials, because it's your idea that you want to explore. In this article, Brazos Gallery features exhibition of faculty artworks was written by design editor Barbara Gandica Martinez.
0: Well, thank you. And now we go to sports on page 14. And I like this one. Thunder Ducks Dominate the Court. This is by Andre Duncan, social media editor. The Richland men's basketball season got off to a good start and they hoped to finish the same way. I feel like we have a good little group coming back. We have a couple of returners coming back, said Javon Modesta, starting point guard for the Richland ThunderDucks. Modesta was a guest on the Richland student media podcast Let's Talk It Out on September the 30th to discuss his expectations for the men's basketball team. Last year, with us going all the way to the national tournament and finishing third in the nation, the returners, we know what it takes. We saw what it takes to get there. We just want to instill in the freshmen the drive it takes to get there, Modesta said. Getting back to status quo can be more difficult than expected. Players transfer to universities, new players come in who need to learn the system, and the competition changes and gets better. At press time, 11 games into the season, the men's basketball team is sitting at 10 wins and 1 loss, while averaging 88 points per game. There are 9 freshmen on on the roster, reflecting a big turnover from last year's team. But the T-Ducks have not missed a beat. Whether the competition committee has residual expectations from last year's team or has taken notice as to what this year's team has done, the T-Ducks have been rewarded for their play this season. The team is currently ranked third in the NJCAA Division III with a couple votes for first place. Number two, Eastfield, Texas has one vote for first place and Sandhills, North Carolina has three. The top three teams are easily interchangeable this early in the season. Richland's men's basketball team has received another recommendation, uh, sorry, other recognitions, including a player of the week award to Rashid Perkins. The sophomore, guard from, sorry, the sophomore guard from Houston was bestowed the honour after Richland defeated a then fifth-ranked team, Prince George, the week of November the 10th. Perkins had 38 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals and a block as Richland went on to win 76-53. Perkins had averages of 20.3 points, 7.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, with 84% from the FT line, resulting in a three-zip record um, on the week for Richland. The reason we are so special is because everyone brought in, everyone bought in. Nobody cared who was playing the most, who was scoring the most. We all just wanted to do our work, Modesta said. As long as we were winning, we were all in it together. We are one big brotherhood. At press time, the T Ducks have four more games for the remainder of the fall semester. Spring semester basketball begins January the 7th. Conference play begins January the 11th, which begins the nitty gritty. Gritty stretch of the season. Richland will open conference play at Mountain View, a game Modesto wished that he could have back. That will be followed by a game against number two Eastfield. Knowing what it takes to be this successful in this league, returners Modesto Perkins and Francis Doe will look to relay their experiences. To the newer T Ducks as they continue through the season. And good for those <laughs> Thunder Ducks who dominated the court. Yes, That's yes. That's fabulous. I love it. That's and great. That was by Andre Duncan, social media editor.
1: Great. Good news, good news. Thank mm-hmm. you. Pleasure. And continuing with sports, on page 15, Pablo Cubas never stops going. Staff writer Obasi Wolta Kamunke writes this article. Wounded knees were not nearly enough to stop Pablo Cubas. The eccentric goalkeeper played through a seemingly game-ending injury, leading valiantly from the back as Richland's men's soccer team won a second consecutive National Junior College Athletic Association, NJCAA, title on November 17th. Cubas was named to the NJCAA Division III All-American First Team making him the best goalkeeper in the nation for the second year running. Richland head coach Raul Herrera said Cubis deserves the plaudits he has received. He has been a great keeper and good leader on and off the field, Herrera said. 28 minutes into the national championship final, Cubis was forced to make a save. Herkimer's Shamar Blair was through on goal with just the goalkeeper to beat. Cubas, sensing the imminent danger, rushed out of his goal and opened his body up to block the shot by the attacker. Inadvertently, Cubas said the Herkimer attacker collided. Cubas came out worse from the contact. Cubas was limping. His right leg didn't touch the ground. Seconds later, Cubas lay on the ground, clutching his right knee. He was in excruciating pain. Cubas was carted off the field. He could barely stand up. When he tried, he exerted all his strength to his left leg. Richland substituted him for another player and it seems Kubis has made his final contribution for the day. Five minutes later, Kubis was reintroduced back into the game, much to the surprise of spectators and commentators alike. Oh my, wow! I did not see that coming at all. He looked done," exclaimed the game commentator. In this article, "Pablo's Cubas Never Stops Going" was written by Obasi Walda Monkey, staff writer for the Richland Chronicle.
0: Well, thank you, and um, we'll wind up this session with um, upcoming events, which is on page 15. All events are free and open to the public unless otherwise indicated. So final exams, that's today, December the 10th to the 12th. And on December the 13th tomorrow, no, sorry, that's wrong. Forget I said that. December the 13th, which is Friday from 12.30 to 1.35 p.m., The second performance of the musical, Miss Nelson Has a Field Day, at the Fannin Performance Hall, F102. And guess what two weeks today is? It's Christmas Christmas. Eve. Right. Uh So the college and D.C. CCD offices close for the holidays at 5 p.m. on December the 24th. December 25th to January, the first – everything's closed for the winter holidays – January the 2nd, um, which is a Thursday, the college and DCCCD offices open. And, and on January the 13th, which is a Monday, the faculty returns. And spring 16-week semester and first spring eight-week session starts. Now, on January the 15th is the last day to register for spring credit classes. January the 20th, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. The campus is closed, and finally, on Tuesday, January the twenty-first, classes begin. So there you have it, kids. Um, wishing everybody, as um, if you look to the last page, page sixteen, everybody from the Richland Student Media says, "Happy holidays, jingle bells, jingle bell, jingle bell, duck. Enjoy the winter break." and um, that will wind it up for today's edition the audio edition of the richland chronicle is available in podcast at richlandstudentmedia.com your readers today were victor carter i'm alison doherty mike the falcon Sikolsky is the engineer and we all thank you so much for listening